On this week's episode, we chop it up with a friend of the podcast and fellow coucher, Manuel. Mo's an Air Force veteran and budding entrepreneur. The great thing about this conversation is it came together organically, people. Real conversations with real people dropping practical knowledge on breaking the fears of failure and embracing the entrepreneur mindset. I think you're really going to enjoy this journey from an Air Force civil engineer to hotshot truck and Airbnb owner. And so many more gems were dropped on this episode. Before I go... I got some housekeeping notes. Be sure to subscribe, rate our show, five stars, of course. Leave a comment. Set your alerts for future episodes wherever you listen to Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. Also, take a trip over to our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Set alert. Additionally, we have some merchandise for sale. The link will be in our show notes. Lastly, if you want to become a patron, check out our Proud to Pay initiative on Patreon.com, where you can support the podcast, grow financially, and be a part of our journey. We have several tiers with special perks for all of you to check out for exclusive content from the DSC crew. And the link to Patreon will be in the show notes as well. As always, stay blessed, good people. Remember, don't sleep on your passions, don't sleep on your goals, and don't sleep on the extra hours you put into your dreams that will become reality. Keep it locked because you now tune into DSC Podcast. Gentlemen, listen up. The couch has been broken into four pieces because we have a special guest joining us this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, we talk about a lot of things. We go from relationships, sports, but now we're talking about building a brand, building a business. Everybody loves real estate. Everybody wants to be a real estate mogul. Everybody's seen trucks on the road and wonder where in the hell is this truck going? Well, guess what? We are here on the couch to give you some insight because we got the inside tip. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, I'm going to let him introduce himself. He's a grown man. He's a grown man. I'm going to let him do his thing. So I'm going to toss it over to you, sir. Please tell the people about yourself. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, My name is Manuel Chasson. I, I do have to say something about my last name. It's Chasson. It's not Chasion. I understand it's spelled a certain way. But anyway, from New Orleans, Louisiana, um, you know, good old city boy. I'm, I'm not a fan of the country. Uh, I ended up going into the military straight out of high school, and I enjoyed it. And I appreciate the military for what it's done for me, Air Force to be specific. And uh, I have, I, I now have three kids. Uh, I have a wife and um, I'm a Christian man. I, I will make that known. And um, very, very benevolent person. I love people. I love interacting with people. And, um, you know, also I'm an entrepreneur. So uh, that's pretty much the gist of, you know, my life. Uh, of course, there's details in everyone's life. So here I am in the flesh. Now, you now you say you're an entrepreneur, but listen, man, we, listen, somebody get prayers. Give me the knife. We have to cut this onion. He's trying to he's trying to be like an onion, trying to be all closed up. He says, <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I mean, that could mean so many things. Yes. Please. When you say entrepreneur, tell the people what you do, man. Don't be ashamed. We got you here for a reason now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what I do uh, and I say what we do, um, I myself and my wife, uh, we own a VRBO slash Airbnb. Most people are more familiar with Airbnb. And uh, and basically we just we look at a profit margin on that. And and that's basically applied to, you know, our residual income, if you will. And uh, we're also involved in hot shot trucking. Uh, we haven't gotten over to the, you know, the rig side, the 18 wheeler side, uh, but that's well, what I say. We haven't gotten into it. We haven't gotten deep into it, but we are uh, actually commencing 
a hotshot trucking business. And so we we have dabbled into it. Uh, we've earned the income from that as well. And uh, this is what I mean by entrepreneurship. We have multiple streams of revenue. Okay. So, I mean, boys, where do y'all want to start? I mean, we got the trucking game. We got the Airbnb. I mean, where, where, where do y'all want to start with this? You know, I got, you know, old Hadrico always got a story for everything, but I ain't going to even do it this time. Because <laughs> trucking, I'm, I want to start with the trucking. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a shorty, my uncle used to make us ride with him in the truck. And they went a lot of places. So I'm familiar with the trucking world. You know, mm-hmm. them truck stops is real. There's a lot of craziness popping up at them truck stops. Some yes. things the kids shouldn't see, some things they should see. But I know you said you're not into the 18-wheelers, but when you say you're in the trucking, first off, how did you get into that part of your business? And how do you find a way to make residual income with the trucking industry? And before you so before you answer, some old, um, you mentioned shotgunning as well. Can you let people know what that is all in uh, your answer? Yes, it's uh, it's hot shotting. So hot shotting. Um, Thank you. So the terminology, you know, it's just basically where the way you look at it is trucks are taking a shorter, a shorter route. Uh, and they also uh, they deal with a less load than you would say at 18 wheeler. So if you see, say, a Walmart 18 wheeler riding on the highway, um, that's not hot shotting. Uh, hot shotting is more so um, it's really the technical the technical term for it or should I say the technical description of it is when you're moving loads that are less than 26,000 pounds. And, uh, and what I mean by that is uh, you have what's called a, a GVWR, a GWVR, something like that. So you, you, if you look on any car, any truck, if you open the door, you can see what the actual weight is. And that's what, that's basically what that number applies to. And so uh, with that, it has to also, you know, you have your trailer or should I say gooseneck trailer. These things are aggregated into an actual, uh, you know, pounds. So when you go into a weigh station, uh, you will have a certain weight. So when you put things on the trailer, this is what's considered the gross weight. So you cannot go over 26,000 pounds in order to be considered or should should I say everyone uses the jargon of hot shotting? So if you go over twenty six thousand, uh, now you're moving into the CDL uh, the CDL portion. So that's the difference. And you know, hot shotting you can have a CDL license, but most hot shot trucking is just non CDL, and it's an easier way to get into that industry uh, to where you don't have to go through the the nuances of filling out all the paperwork and going to you know CDL school and you know, getting registered, uh, you know, getting the the whole, you know, medical, you know, physical to actually get into that particular side of trucking. So it's it's just basically shorter routes. Um, uh, to be more specific, uh, we use, it depends on what your preference is as far as hot shot trucking. Um, like if you wanted to use, say, a Dodge, a Ford, you're not going to go into the lower versions of those of those trucking versions. You're going to go into, say, a 250, a Ford 250. Uh, you're going to go into, say, a Dodge. A Dodge would be more on the 2500, 3500 side. You're not going to go into the, the lesser side because it's not going to be able to pull what you need to pull based on, you know, what the low board is actually asking you to pull, you know, from point A to point B. 
So you no, mentioned the. No, no. uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Say hot shot and uh, mo, like, what are you actually like hauling? Like, what what do you actually like carry around? What's the normal most? Everything, man. Everything that you can think of. So if you think of a company, uh, you know, if they need something to be moved, it's going on the back of that trailer. Uh, you know, we can we talk about you know generators to AC units to um, not food. Of course, you, you that's a different kind of truck. Um, you know, you, we can think about anything that you can put on a pallet. It, it can be moved on a hotshot um, route or should okay. I say, you know, an actual truck or trailer that can haul that load. That's, you know, less than that'll get you less than twenty six thousand pounds. Cool. So circling back to the, the beginning, like how do how do you get into this? Because I know as a veteran, you was a civil engineer. Uh, yes. But how did you what, what made you go into to trucking? You know, it wasn't something that I always thought about. It's not like, you know, when I was in the military, uh, I was like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to get into the trucking game. Uh, really, entrepreneurship is about finding what avenue you can get into, not necessarily the easiest, but rather, you know, how is this going to be lucrative and how can I apply it to my own knowledge of, you know, having a business uh, propensity and, can it actually work? And so I assess the risk. I say, okay, well, I have to buy a truck in order to start my business. So that's what I did. I, I went out and bought an F-250 and I said, okay, now what do I have to do? Now I have to get an LLC for this. Now I have to fill out the proper paperwork to get an MC number. You know, however many levels you want to take in order to get into a particular industry, uh, that's what I did. And so uh, I never thought about being an actual, you know, a trucker or anything like that. I just said to myself, I need a way to make money um, without working for anybody. So this is one way I can do it where I don't have to go to school and it's not G whiz, you know, it's G whiz knowledge. Uh, you can go on YouTube and learn how to do this, to be honest. That's it's exactly where we learned it. Now. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly how we learned That's preparing. Exactly for sure. Absolutely. For sure. And, um, you know, with that said, man, and you mentioned the LLC and I know um, Prez was shaking his head like just I mean, you don't have to list the steps or whatever. Just but just for people that kind of fear doing that, because you you hear a lot of people talk about LLCs, DBAs and all these other things um, involved with getting the LLC. But they just simply don't right. have the knowledge or the want to to push through with that paperwork phase that you that you mentioned. So how did you push through and just lightly, you know, kind of touch on the LLC and and how that, that paperwork phase, how you got through that? Yes. Uh, So this, it it came straight from research. Uh, I didn't do, it it wasn't like I was, you know, anyone was holding my hand through the process. And when I mean by research, I literally went to Google and typed in how to start an LLC. Now, when you do that, it may seem like, okay, Google is going to give you the easiest answer. Um, but when you actually dig into it, not that simple. So you have to, you know, carry the mindset of not being discouraged. You know, when you go into that commencement, when you go into that portion of, you know, starting the LLC. So the first thing that I had to do was realize the state that I'm in. Okay. Well, I'm in Texas. So who do I have to deal with in order to start this LLC? Well, I have to deal with the State Department, which is located in Austin. It's 45 minutes away from me. So I have the option to actually go down there and drop off my paperwork, or I can do it online. So, of course, you know, we all take the path of least resistance. 
I decided to do it online. And to be honest with you, it was uh, painstaking. And what I mean by that is when I filled out the paperwork, if something is off, I mean, a letter, a dot, whatever, they're going to send it back to you, say rejected. So you have to get everything in order. You have to be sort of an orderly person in order to start an LLC. You can't just say, okay, I want to start an LLC. I'm going to fill out the paperwork and, you know, you're misspelling words or, you know, you have something that's that, that, that they're not, that's not what they're looking for as far as, um, you know, a name that may be connected to your business that, you know, I would say otherwise that it's not going to, it's not going to be, you know, fruition for your actual business. So they look for that. They look for, okay, who's involved with your business. If you have business partners, they make sure, okay, this person doesn't have a felony or a warrant. All of these things matter. Not, of course I'm a veteran. So they, I wasn't a question on that, but um, I got my LLC for free. And the reason why I say that is because I'm a veteran. So you have to look up these things. Okay. I have, you, typically people have to pay $300. All right. How do I get past that? Well, I'm a veteran. Texas loves veterans. That's new news. So, That's new news. Yeah, yeah, Texas loves veterans. So as a veteran, uh, and I think they stopped it this year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it stopped in 2020, but uh, I had to verify my veteran status uh, to the state department. And once I did that, I had to go through the proper procedures of going through the uh, Texas Veteran Commission. I got my, you know, <clears throat> my, um, how can I put it? I got my verification from them and I had to shoot that paperwork up to the state department. And so state department said, okay, he's a veteran waive the fees. LLC started. Yo, this is cash from don't sleep on the couch podcast. I know you asking yourself, how can I support the podcast? Don't worry. I got you covered. Step one, subscribe to our YouTube page by searching don't sleep on the couch podcast or DSC podcast. When you get there, use some of our videos, hit that like button and take it a step further and comment on the content. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, DSC underscore podcast. Same thing as step number one, searching Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. Follow us for all updates. Peace. So once you got your LLC and begin to use that towards your company. Now, Mm -hmm. real quick, of course, you don't have to get into the, the dollars and cents of everything, but we all know how especially our people work and how people work in general. Absolutely. In this trucking business, what can be a realistic financial gain or outcome of amount of money that can be made if done properly? Now, of course, there's no guarantee. I can't say, hey, if you start a trucking business, you will make this amount of money. But mm-hmm. let's say all things go fairly well according to plan and you do things the appropriate way through the proper steps. Mm-hmm. What is the monthly residual income look like? A ballpark figure in this arena. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the median, uh, you know, which is the average and the median you can make, you can make around $7,000. Uh, worth my time. Yeah. You said worth my yes, time. Uh, I'll just, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll leave that number, uh, on the table because, uh, that's actually feasible. Uh, now do you have to hustle to do that? Yes. And there are a lot of hotshot, you know, trucking, uh, businesses that are actually doing that. And even more, uh, and I say that that's the median, you can go up to $10,000 um, with one truck. Uh, so it's just all about, it's all about building, I won't say a rapport, but um, it, yes, I can't say rapport. 
Because if you're going to a particular site or a company and you're delivering to them over and over and over, they start to recognize you. Um, they want to deal with you and you alone. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's all based on the load board. And load board is, you know, there's a couple of companies that actually do it. Uh, so when we're looking on the load board, we have to see if sort of the juice is worth the squeeze. Is, is this going to be worth my time? Because all of this is based on rates. And what I mean by rates, we're talking about mileage. How much is this broker slash company going to pay me to deliver this load? If they're going to pay me $2 a load and my gas is going to cost way more than that, you know, in total, or should I say in some, then it's probably not worth my time. I'm not going to make a profit off of it. But if this company is paying me $4 a mile and it only, you know, say cost me $2 a mile in gas, then it's probably worth my time. And so when I go to that company, they start to recognize me. Okay. Hey, I want to deal with you and you alone. I don't have to go through the low board anymore in dealing with that company. I've just gained a client. Now with this load board and this pricing, is this something that you're able to negotiate with these companies? Are the load board pretty much set? Like, Hey, this is what we pay per mile. Either you, you want to work on this, work with this, or are you going to go somewhere else? Yes. No, you can negotiate. You can negotiate, especially if they're trying to get the load from point A to point B and no one is picking it up. They'll still, you know, they'll capitulate. They'll say, okay, well, yeah, we'll go up on our rates if you can get this done. So, so with that said, capitulate. Yeah, I know. He been he been watching his uh, Stephen A. Smith. Very, very articulate. Very articulate. But nah, on, somebody, on some somebody get his man a load on some on some on some real stuff though, man. Um, so I was looking at the load board. I don't know if you come across. You know, we've been in the same circles as far as Air Force goes. Uh, do you know um yes. Griff by chance or of him? Uh, that name sounds familiar. He's he's real. I, like I told you, he's Parker. real cool with Parker. He's real cool with Parker. Um, they they real mm-hmm. fly. So he has a he has um a truck and he he goes cross country now. And he showed me yes. the load board and I, um, you know, after 19 years and doing all these different type of things in the Air Force and all of us and what you've mm-hmm. done in the Air Force, I, it blew my mind how easy that load board was to understand, oh, yes. implement, yes. and then be like, okay, I want this load to go to this location. All right, at this location, I'm going to pick up this load and, and just really kind of piggyback off of every last one of them. Right. So um, it got my my wheels turning, and like Hood said, man, that sounds like good money to me, and it sounds like something that I don't really have to spend a whole lot of brain power. Not to disrespect the in, the uh, the industry, no, um, but it's just like we're not me, tapped into it, man, and it just blew my mind me, looking me, at that low board. Yes, so not to cut you off, brother, there are felons that are doing this and making bank right now. Because it, it, this does not require something where you have to have, you know, this extravagant history. Anybody can get into this. And that's what I, that's what I mean by if you, if you have the mindset of saying, okay, I want to start a business. I, you can, I, I got a hustler's mindset. So this is what I want to do. Trucking is the way to go. Now it's getting oversaturated. Um, and I don't know, you know, how the I don't know how the business is looking right now as far as, uh, you know, what this this COVID-19 has done to the economy. But I do know if you do have an entrepreneurial mindset, you know that anytime an economy picks back up, inflation's, you know, inflation is going to, you know, it's going it, to everything is going to go on the 
the upside. It's not gonna, you're not gonna see a decrease, especially, you know, for instance, the stock market. All of this stuff has to do with the trucking industry. And once you see the big picture of that, you say to yourself, okay, I do wanna start a trucking industry. I, I do wanna start a trucking company and therefore I'm going to. What do I need to do? Okay, you get into it. It, it isn't rocket science. Like you said, you looked at the low board, easy money. Now, real quick, because I know we can, I know we got, and I know Chris got a question. I think I'll be real quick with this one. Now you're on the hot shot side of the house. Mm-hmm. And I know on the other side is the CDL. What is the biggest, I mean, other than the certifications and the training, yeah. is there more money to be made in the CDL because you're going further? Or is this better to be on the hot shot side of the house? Because it's kind of a, not a quicker pace of money, but it's quicker because your route is nowhere near as long. Mm-hmm. And right now, I know you said you mentioned you had one truck. Are you still currently at one truck or is this something you're trying to grow into where you can have your own fleet and then possibly transition to that CDL side of the house as well? Yes. So you, you, uh, keyword there is fleet. Uh, every single trucking business wants to get into the 18 wheeler game. Um, you would be a fool not to, because that's where, that's where you get the bread of your money at. I mean, obviously a customer is going to pay you more if you can haul, you know, more uh, nomenclature for them, you know? So obviously, I like you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so obviously you don't want to stay in the hot truck. You, you can, I mean, if you got five trucks, of course, you know, you got some trustworthy drivers. Yeah. You can make it happen. But I mean, why not have a fleet? You see, Walmart, I mean, when you look up, I didn't, I never paid attention to freight trucking. I never paid attention to, you know, people actually hauling loads in the 18 wheeler until I got into this industry. And I said, I see them all the time now. I see them all the time. And I see the big brands, you know, Walmart, you got, you know, people moving furniture, rooms to go. And these people are actually, they, they have their own business, but what are they doing when they don't have enough people to actually move these loads? Well, they need to subcontract out. If you have an 18 wheeler, and you can deal with these companies to say, hey, I can move your product from point A to point B. And you have an 18-wheeler, they're going to pay you more than having an actual hotshot truck. Because you can so, move more and it goes good. Exactly. That's the name of the game. Yeah. So hotshot, but, but there is a lot more difficulty when it comes to 18-wheelers. And the reason why I say that, it's just paperwork. And you have to follow... You have to follow strict guidelines. Like you can't drive over a certain amount of time, yeah. um, you know, and all of this stuff is logged. Like you have to be actually getting rest, you know, in order to, to drop off a load, you know, say for the next day. You cannot just keep moving your truck, you know, and pounding back monsters and, and Red Bulls. Like you can get in trouble for this stuff. You can lose your license. It, there's a lot more that comes to having an actual CDL license. Yo, it's your man Rodrigo from the Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. Hey, do me a favor, man. Go to all your social media, your Twitter, your Instagram, your YouTube, your Facebook. Find us, DSC underscore podcast. Like, share, subscribe. Hit us up. Peace. Oh, Mo, I got uh, uh, the question I got for you, man, is uh, Mm -hmm. so I'm more into tuned at like how you started up a business, like how, how you, how you got up in there and got started. Cause you said you got out of the military mm-hmm. and, uh, you, you didn't, you want to work for yourself. Was yes. the trucking your initial bid that you want to go into, or was it something else? And you came about and learned this along the way and, and got to where you was at, or was it what you want to go in from the get go? 
No, no. Um, my first business was uh, actual government contracting. Um, and, and I, listen, it, like I said, I'm transparent. That was a failure of mine. And you have to go through that, man, as an entrepreneur. You do. Uh, so I started a government contracting business. That was the first business that I actually started uh, when I got out the military. That's not to say that I didn't work for anybody. Of course, I had to do something to provide for my family. Um, but I'm talking about entrepreneurship. When I got into that, that that took a breath of my time. And I didn't realize that I was so green going into such a big, monstrous industry that this was going to take years in order for me to make a profit from. Uh, you have to have your, your you know, your, your, uh, your eyes dotted and your T's crossed when it comes to government contracting. And so anyway, that was my bug. You know, once once I started that, everything else started floating around. And I was like, OK, well, this didn't work out. You know, I had a baby. I had to kind of let government contract and go. I needed money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started working again. And like I said, I don't have pride. I needed to make, you know, work what, what would be best for my family. And so I said, OK, I need to start another business. So I went into the Airbnb, uh, Airbnb, B&B game slash VRBO. I bought another house, which is risky you know, for anybody. Like, are you kidding me? You know, I only got one. I only have a certain amount of income, but I had to take that risk. And what started me off with that, and I'm going to give credit to my homeboy, uh, Jawan Williams. The reason he, he's one of the the pinnacle reasons why I started to become an entrepreneur. And he was also into government contracting, mildly successful, but the boy had five Airbnbs. And I said, Okay, how much money are you making? He showed me his bank account. $23,000 a month. Y'all heard me. What'd you say? $23,000 a month. Okay. Pardon All me. Right. Yeah. Airbnb? Yes. Airbnb. This is what five. Let me get my pen. Write this down. Write it down on the, on the list of things to do. Why do we even talk yeah. about trucking? I have no idea. You should have led with that. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, continuing. Yeah, that's uh, that's what started me off, man. Uh, I went out and bought my own house, me and my wife, uh, you know, and we just said, OK, well, let's see if this works. The worst thing that can happen, we sell the house. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's 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 a win win. OK, uh, if it doesn't work out, if it's not giving us a profit, we just sell a house. Now, that can be difficult in itself, but you have to take risks as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. So what did like so before you got the, up. okay mm-hmm. before you got Go the Airbnb and the local like what did what went into your um your research over doing it because of course you don't jump into it why did you choose the location you chose and and so on and so forth all I needed to do was listen to my homeboy that's the only thing I needed to do and that's let me let me just let me go into this point I'll be very very brief us as black people we need to listen to each other when we see one person being successful. That's very important. If you knock another man for, for growing and increasing his lifestyle, then you're on the wrong path. I listened to this dude. This dude showed me his bank account. He didn't have to do that. Me. Yeah, that's all I needed to see. So from that, I said, I want to do that. And so I make a portion of what he makes as far as the Airbnb, but it's still it's still residual income. I'm not. Only thing I'm doing is I'm looking at a nightly rate. And how much 
I have to pay as far as mortgage. And you would, and this is the name of the game is gross profit, uh, a gross margin. So how much do I, do I have to pay for mortgage utilities and how much am I making that month? Okay. This is my cutoff. I'm paying this much and all the utilities and mortgage, anything after that, that's coming into my pocket. So the Airbnb game, I based it off of that. Okay. Off, off season, uh, peak season, summertime, people coming to San Antonio, BMT families, you know, people got to graduate families coming in town. They say, okay, well, I want to see, I don't want to stay in a hotel. Well, I need a house to stay in because I have a family. Here you go, ma'am, sir. We got something for you. And I'm, I'm sort of, you know, putting it in an anecdotal sense, but this is what business is all about. It's about gross profit. How much money I, I give you a service. How much money can I make off of this? No, I got a good one, fellas. And this is something that that's not on the sheet and it's easy. Something you can answer more. But it's on what we were talking about in pre-production prayers, the fear. How do you get over the fear of failure? You know what I mean? Because me and prayers have different outlooks on it. Like right now, being that I'm about to retire, I feel fearless because I've been doing the same old thing for damn near 20 years. And I want to go out here and do some things. And if I fail, I'm cool. You know, but Perez had another, you know, he had another uh, vision on it because he was like, man, if I fail, this is on me. You know what I mean? That that and like I got my family still. Like, how do I get that portion? Right. So how did you how did you get over that? Because you mentioned you had a baby on the way or, or baby here at the time. And you have three kids in total. You know, have a wife and not to say that she doesn't work. But you, you know, you feel as, you know, old fashioned as we all do that. We got to take care of family. So how did you get over that fear of saying, you know what, I'm gonna get this truck. Um, I'm going to get this Airbnb and you took a huge risk, man. Like a lot of people yeah. wouldn't take, um, because they're comfortable with the status quo. with getting a job and just kind of riding that train, man. So yeah. Can you briefly touch on the, the getting over the fear? Absolutely. Um, so the one thing you, the one thing I, I think about, and I'm strictly answering your question, uh, is you have to think about residual income. <clears throat> so, you know, what, what's, What's the risk assessment here? All right. So how much income do I have coming in? All right. So I got disability. You know, I got my wife's disability. If my business fails, am I going to be okay? Now, there are some people that are way more riskier than me. And they say, you know what? I got an idea. I'm going to quit my job. And they have no other income coming in. (laughs) But I had to have a backup. But it's still risky because... All I have, you know, no one knows my bills. I might be going right down to to zero or in a deficit every single month, just living off of what I have. But I want to make more money. So how do I do this? How do I get over that fear? And to be honest, um, that click, that epiphany that came was really. I got so comfortable when I was in uh, Italy, in the military of how much money I was making I said, I want to be, I want to be back at that number. How do I do that? I can't do this with what I'm making right now. So I said, uh, let me go ahead and, you know, talk to people, do some research. And that's what I did. And so the fear, which no one actually knows what that is because it's an immaterial source. It's something that we think about. It's something that we have to battle, Uh, but getting over it, it's on each individual and how they do and how they do that. So with me, 
I became this, I, 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 would, I would venture to say that I've always been a fearless person. I just didn't know where to apply my fearlessness. Well, entrepreneurship was it. So in this game that you're in with entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. you have the Airbnb, so it's easy to sit here and say, hey, you know what? My man made $23,000 a year. We're going into Airbnb, I mean, a month, and mm-hmm. we're going into Airbnb and we're making money. But let's give people that Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. What's the ugly side of being an Airbnb owner? Because I, I guarantee you every day and every tenant can't be the best tenant. So what are some of those ugly sides that if somebody's listening to this and saying, you know what, honey, we're going to start an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we're giving them both sides of that equation. You get one bad review, your Airbnb is going to suffer. And what I mean by review is your guests get to review on your, your service. So as they say, the customer is always right. If you want your business to survive, if they complain about, say, oh, it was some dust on the windshield and the rest of the house is clean, but you see this little bitty, you know, minuscule thing in, inside the house and some guests we've had like that, you have to say, hey, okay, how do I rectify this? Because I don't want them to leave a bad review. Mm. All right. Uh, well, okay, we'll take off, you know, $20, $30, $40. They're fine with that. Okay. Well, thank you. And I got a good review. They write on the review. Hey, you know, host was very, very, you know, he scrutinized every single situation, every problem that I had. And that's what it was. That was the ugly. That's the ugly side of having an Airbnb is dealing with the guests, the tenants, because you're dealing with personalities. Mm. Some people are like, OK, well, it's a little it's a little dust. I'm not I'm not tripping on that. But some guests are like, all right, uh, there's a spot here that they missed. I want my money back. Mm. The rest of the house is clean. And did you find that some people do that just kind of because, you know, I'm not saying that I did it, but I know people who who look like me who may have complained <laughs> about it. I don't believe you for don't one second. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I ain't do it. That's that's, that's a telltale sign. He did it. <laughs> what are y'all talking about? Like this is so disrespectful. I'm talking. I'm hosting an interview yeah. right now. Oh, you gotta throw some personality with, into I'm it. I'm working with. I work with 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 unprofessional people. When you work with yeah, friends, we know like you. I said, like I said, <laughs> I'm not saying I did it, but people who may look like me may have. So, like for example, you go to a restaurant and you know if you complain that you're going to get this meal for free, sometimes yes. you can get halfway through the meal, and be like you know what, I ain't paying for this. Watch mm-hmm. this, and you know. So, do you, how do you gauge between that tenant who is being overcritical or? because that review is so critical in the Airbnb game that you're just, you kind of just kind of take the loss on that one, kind of similar to some of the restaurants or some of the other businesses. Mm-hmm. You got to, you, you have to know if, if you're willing to let your business suffer and, and let your pride step in the way and say, you know what? I didn't like this guest. I'm going to, I'm not going to attend to, you know, whatever the complaint is, then that that's a decision you have to make me and my wife, every single guest, it, let me let me take that back. One guess, we have to return their money. Um, so with this, you have to keep your house clean. We have a cleaning lady. She didn't clean all the way on that particular booking. And this guest traveled from, I think, Michigan. And so when he got there with his family, that long trip, that house was not up to par. 
Partially, it was our fault because we didn't check it. However, we trust our cleaning lady, which she's no longer with us. Um, Damn. <laughs> yes. you gotta put, one, 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 one strike and you're out. When you become you a entrepreneur, you'll see, you'll see you have to make decisions like that. But um, so we got, you know, the, the guest got there, man, and he just... He just wasn't satisfied. There was a roach on the uh, floor and there was uh, there was some mold somewhere, you know, and our cleaning lady, usually she's good at, you know, telling us, hey, you know, something is wrong here. We're going to have to fix this. She didn't say anything, you know, just I I don't know what happened, Um, but that guest got there. We had to give back all his money. We lost that booking. And that was about fifteen hundred bucks. Yes. Um, Yeah. So those are the downsides of it, man. Like it's going to be ups and downs in it, but your ups have to be the customers. The customer's always right. You have to, you, if you want to say, okay, well, I'm, this customer is, is not going to, this not going, this customer is not going to run my business. That's on you. You got to make that decision. But my worst, my worst guess, and I hate to say this, and you guys probably are already predicting in your head, my worst guess, are black people. family. No, nope. yeah. black people, and that's not that's not a that's not a hit on our community. I'm just telling you from my experience, it's always been our own people that causes some kind of problem in the household. And even with my homeboy, it's always them kind of guests. Not, that's not all of them. I'm not I'm not bashing our community. I'm just saying that from my experience, it's always our people. Damn. Yeah, unfortunately. That's truly unfortunate, but unfortunately, it's sad to say that I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Harder on our own than we are. Harder on our own, bro, yeah. yeah. And and don't, never mind, if they know that you're a black host, if they know, okay, a black person, oh, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a different dynamic, and I have no idea why. Because I can only imagine, okay, if this was a white host, you'll be up to par with keeping this house clean, not leaving it dirty, not breaking anything. No. When they find out you black, it's like, oh, I get a pass. Yeah. You see it all. You see it all the time uh, immediately. You know, when people when people meet and they, they think that you're they don't even know what your race is. But then when they meet you, it's kind of like, oh, bro, you're a brother. So they kind of immediately drop that defense. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, man, that's un- that's unfortunate. Uh, Prez, you had something? So I've had so I, think, I think you touched on it already. My next little portion I was going to talk to about uh, building mm-hmm. your workforce. Like, uh, so entrepreneur at a point you want you want to expand, you want to get bigger, you want to just quit doing stuff on your own. You want to own and you gonna have to build your workforce. Uh, right. So uh, when you was going through yours, you had incidents, you you went through a couple of hires and, mm-hmm. and, and resources like what what is what is that process like can you explain that a little bit like how you at what point you made it to and you realize like hey it's time to move on and uh, get some help out here yeah and uh yeah that's hard that that's hard because um i'm a um i'm genuinely a you know a nice person and and i um and i i hate i that was hard for me to to let go our, our cleaning lady um but i realized that you know, CEOs, they have to make tough decisions. Supervisors have to make tough decisions. You guys know. I mean, if a supervisor has to give you Article 15, probably it's not something he wants to do. Yeah. Maybe he does. I don't know. But the ones that don't want to, they still have to do it. They have to make an executive decision. And so um, I, I had to do that. I had to do that. But with my trucking business, um, I do have uh, a you know a long term friend of mine that's coming on board. He's actually going to be driving my F two fifty, 
And uh, I'm going to, I think that, and this is what I've seen from, uh, from other business partners of mine, or should I say colleagues, uh, that they've implemented where they put their family on board first. That's not to say that, you know, the consanguinity is going to get you the loyalty. It's just that you want to deal with family first because dealing with a stranger, it's like, gosh, that's a bigger risk. Mm-hmm. But you you are risking something when it comes to family as well. But that's my homeboy. And he, you know, he he's looking, he's like, okay, I won't work for you, man. And I told him, I said, look, when we're dealing with business, it's business, bro. It's nothing personal. You got to make sure you make it to these, these uh, destinations. If you don't, I'm sorry. This is my livelihood. This is my family. If you cared about me enough, you do what you got to do to make this actually work and grow with my business. But if you don't, then I got to let you go because my family is more important. Yeah. And that's, that's how now, it's got to be. Are you currently looking for silent investors? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there right now. I mean, uh, I'd have to go, I, I have to go incorporated for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, cause when you got an LLC, I mean, of course you can't, have shareholders. I mean, that's a different type of corporation. Um, but well, we're keeping it silent. We're keeping it silent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, look, Not, this ain't no Tory Lanez. <laughs> 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 he got it. Y'all didn't get it, but he yeah. got it. I know, I feel you, I feel you. No, um, no, I, I mean, to answer your question, bro, like the way that I am, if, if I got somebody that's like, you know, especially black people, if they want to say, yo, man, how can we start a business together? Yo, let's talk about the ins and outs, and I'm down. Like, like, like I'm, I'm being, I'm being dead ass. Like, if you was, to, if any of you guys was to contact me and say, "Yo, bro, I got an idea. I think this is gonna work. I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna say, okay, what's the business plan? Yo, let's go 50-50. Let's go 60-40. Let's go, you know, you know, 80-20. Whatever, you know. However, however, we want to set the initial contribution up. I'm down with it. You know what I mean? But that's the only way that I can answer that as far as having an LLC. Yeah. I got one. I, that's fair. I got one question before we let you go. So now that you've, um, and, and we probably touched on it a little bit throughout this time, but yeah. so now that you've got your feet wet in the Airbnb game and, and also with the, uh, with trucking, what things have you learned along the way to where you like, you know what? I may expand out. I may do dispatching or I may do uh, things like if, mm-hmm. within the freight. Like once you get to, you know, once you level up, do you see yourself, kind of expanding out and, and doing other things within the industry now that you've had some time with it. Yeah. So, so freight, so freight brokering, um, you, you're not going to just come off the street and get into that. No company is going to want to deal with you when you're green on that side of the trucking business. So dispatching is like the way to go first, you know, cause, um, on the low board, you know, what you're like, if you actually, if you actually have an arbitrary sign and meaning it's, it's, you know, confined to your business, uh, there's a rating that you get on the low board, uh, and companies can look at this. Okay. And, and it kind of, it sort of tells them how much experience you have. It doesn't say how long you've been in the game, but it does tell them, okay, you know, this customer approved, you know, this rating, this customer approved this rating. And so they make decisions off of that. Um, when it comes to freight brokering, now I don't know how this transitions over, but I do know that there is much more that goes into freight brokering than dispatching. Dispatching is just one side of the game, freight brokering. That's when you start dealing with, you know, 
you're actually putting stuff on the load board because dispatching is okay. I'm taking stuff off the load board and I'm supplying it to my drivers. Freight brokering is I'm not dealing with no drivers. This is how much I need this load to be moved. And if someone takes it, whatever I got from the company as a freight broker, that's my money. Now, I don't know how, I don't know exactly how much that may be sometimes, but to give you a ballpark, say $10,000 from a company to move, you know, a certain amount of freight from point A to point B, the freight broker might say, well, I want to make 8,000. I'll put this on here for a certain amount of mileage corresponding to, you know, how much the driver or the company would actually want to make based on their rate, you know, as far as fuel and hotel and all that. So they have nothing to do with that. Freight brokering is how much I get from the company. That's another game you got to get into and you got to have some experience to actually get into it. So, yeah. It's like, it's like the pimping of the right. truck game. Technically. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, it is. So yeah. I think I got one more, one more question. Yeah. Guys, do you have, guys have any other? Cause I can hold off. No, I, I really feel like he, he did a really good job. I think you opened up my eyes to a lot of different things that I didn't understand. Uh, and just the, the the objects and where you can kind of get into this stuff is very interesting. Yes. Okay. You got anything else? And, uh, your, ver- and, your, and, your, and your vernacular is quite extensive. I'm just saying some of the soliloquies <laughs> that you gave were just monstrous. He, he just wanted to use examples. soliloquies. Yeah, he just wanted to use it. The propensity for... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But now I got, I do got one before. I got, questions. I, got mm-hmm. I got one more before I lose my my thought process on it. So okay. I'm always with the yo man. What's the hidden cost here? Like, what is the stuff that you was like? You know what? I got this covered. I, I researched this. I researched this. I researched that. But damn, this came into play, and I had no idea about this license or this fee. Where, like, yeah. you can explain for either one. Like any examples you have, you don't have to list them all. But like, I'm always one for the hidden fees, like on Verizon or AT and T. Like, mm-hmm. you know what can. How did you get in there and, and get over those those hidden fees or you know what I mean? Well, it, it depends on what industry you're going into. Some industries it might not cost you anything as far as you know capital to get started. Uh, some, yeah, you might have to have a you know a buttload. Uh, and like for instance, if you're trying to start a McDonald's, you're not going to go in that, into that for free. I mean, if you're just making bracelets and you're selling it on Instagram, I mean. You know, what's your cost? I mean, you're just buying beads and some strings. And that's not to knock people that make braces, but, but I'm giving a I'm making a point of uh, it depends on the industry that you go into. So with the Airbnb, I mean, we're talking about a two hundred and fifteen thousand dollar contribution. Now, of course, I had to get a loan for that. But that that's what I had to apply in order to actually start that business uh, with trucking. I had to buy a truck. So that was $45,000. Now, if you wanted to say, open up a storefront and you got some idea of what to, I don't know, sell donuts or whatever, all of these things are going to cost money. It just depends on what you want to do. And so if you're looking to have a low startup cost, um, and it's, it's not going to cost you anything out of pocket, then you may have to get a loan. If you got a personal savings, which when I started my Airbnb, me and my wife had a, you know, we had a stack. I had no idea we were going to be using our savings for to actually start a business, but we ended up doing it. You know, I mean, that's what a savings is for, for a rainy day. But uh, our rainy day, you know, became sunny when 
we ended up deciding to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think that's the mic drop right there. Um, okay. Fred, you said you had something, Fred? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say uh, you had talked earlier about uh, you had said your first little part, the contracting was a failure. I said, mm-hmm. uh, I want to tell you, man, I, I would never look at it that way. It's, it's a point where it's called experience. You got experience yeah. and you come out and you can teach uh, like us, like, where you where you, where to go on this? Absolutely. You was just winning, winning, winning all the time. You ain't never got that experience of hey, yep. what it's like to actually like go through these troubles right. and everything. And I, I I find it less that I listen to leaders who don't have that <laughs> uh, that that little part because you you don't yeah. know what it's like when it's rough. Like you, you you can't tell me how 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 it's gonna grind or how you're gonna do. It. And I don't know how you're gonna mm-hmm. act when it's rough. Like you just cash it all in to run out or yeah. or just yeah so i, I right. definitely appreciate you on, on that part and definitely Absolutely. look at that as a as a success on like from the get-go even though you was a failure it was uh you saying it was a failure it was a success in my eyes like hey you learned from that and you learned what you had to do to keep moving and you kept on moving. absolutely you, you know you're harder on yourself than anybody else yeah. man. true and you true. and you have to be if you're not then if you always praising yourself you're never going to learn anything man it's just your pride just overtaking your entire life and, and that's not who I am and you can't be an entrepreneur like that mm-hmm. so for sure for so sure definitely I and will then, tell uh, you what man just oh, oh great again, just want to say again however long you was in the military you was in definitely appreciate it. In, in, all the time that you was in not many people take that strive so any anytime anything that anytime that you was in I definitely appreciate it and uh absolutely same to you guys man hey um also real quick I'm gonna hit you up with, I'm probably living in a couple Days I got it. You talking about business? I do. I got one for you, especially. Hit me up, bro. Hit me up. I love sharing it, man. I want. I want all my. Draco wants to be filthy rich. You hear me? (laughs) For sure, for sure, man. Yeah, definitely, Mo. Let's stay. Let's stay in contact and have these conversations and and keep us updated as your of your progress, man. I know everybody don't want to show it off on on social media, and that's not the thing. But definitely, if you got. Uh, you moving and making some, you know, some major moves here. So as you progress, let us know, man. This might be something that none of us were thinking about, but it's something that we want to get into. I feel like you don't have to be yeah. passionate about something in order to make money on it. You know what I mean? You, right. you know what I'm saying? So you can use, we can use these type of things to to fulfill our passions, as I as I like yeah. to see it, man. So uh, once again, man, we appreciate your time, man. Much more success on your business. Much more success on your educational endeavors and and everything with the family. Um, this this was a blast. I think a lot of people are gonna get a lot of good things from it. This is very basic conversation, good conversation that brothers need to have a lot more of. And you know, with that said, man, DSC out. Yo, this is Cash from Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I know you asking yourself, how can I support the podcast? Don't worry, I got you covered. Step one: subscribe to our YouTube page by searching Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast or DSC Podcast. When you get there, use some of our videos. Hit that like button take it a step further and comment on the content follow us on instagram twitter and facebook esc underscore podcast same thing as step number one searching don't sleep on the couch podcast follow us for all updates peace